Welcome to the Joycast, Episode 8, What Would It Be Like to Let That Go? The Joycast is a weekly life coaching podcast exploring the possibilities and obstacles of a more joy-filled life. I am your host, certified professional life coach and public speaker, Gia Gedry. Hello, sunshine. I have experienced a breakthrough in my own journey lately, and I'd like to share with you what's becoming clear to me. When we experience a breakthrough, it's usually years of life, all of these life experiences coming together and clicking into place. It's kind of like when you're sitting in an auditorium, listening to an orchestra tuning up, and you just feel that discord within you, you know? I mean, you can pick out each instrument and they they sound right, but they aren't playing together, so your brain can't really make any sense of it. To me, that's what it feels like when we're in a growth phase. We're trying hard to listen to our lives. We are maybe talking with our inner circle of friends and family. We might seek the help of a therapist or a coach. We might read books or take online courses. We're just trying everything, but all of it sort of confuses us even more, right? We're feeling like, all these big emotions, and sometimes we don't really know what to do with all of it. So back to the orchestra, after the warm-up, everything gets quiet, and the conductor comes out on the stage, and the audience claps, and then the musicians begin to play. And it makes sense. It makes sense to your brain, and it makes sense to your body. You can feel that calm settling over you that inner harmony, that inner harmony or inner peace is the feeling that I'm always chasing. To me, that is true happiness, inner peace. So what's this breakthrough I've had? What's this thing that's allowed me to sort of snap into place and has allowed me to experience a great deal of inner peace? It's this one sentence, What would it be like to not have to think about that anymore? Or you could also say, what would it be like to let that go? You see, our brains love to repeat the same thoughts over and over. The things that you think each day, the things you believe are true, they're just on repeat in your brain. Why? Because you're used to thinking that. Some helpful thoughts that you might think regularly, thoughts like, I am safe, my children are growing into amazing individuals, I'm so grateful for my healthy body, I love this house, there is nothing I truly want that I cannot have, everything always works out. When you think these kinds of thoughts, you will feel that inner peace and that inner calm and the positive vibes, right? But it's very unlikely that that is the dominant way that your brain likes to think. Our brains are wired for negativity. So it's more likely that you have these kinds of thoughts on repeat. My boss is a narcissist. I can't win. These kids are so ungrateful. Nobody shows me any respect. I am exhausted. It's not fair. My house is falling apart. I'll never catch up. This is going to cost a lot. What am I, made of money? 
I need to get my act together. I need to go work out. I have no idea what I want. They need to change so I can be happy. This isn't how it's supposed to be. Gosh, I'm so disorganized. I am at my wit's end. My grown children are so enabled and it's all my fault. I could go on and on. These are actual problems and actual thoughts that I've had or that my clients are sharing with me on the regular. We have so many thoughts every day. And if you've been listening for a while, you've heard me say this. We have 60 to 90,000 thoughts a day. And most of them are the exact same thoughts we had yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. And guess what? Most of them are negative. And that's how we're wired. This is the way that we're wired for our survival. So in order to create a new groove in our brains, we have to think new thoughts on repeat. And it takes a long time, weeks, a minimum of 21 days to form a new habit. It's the same with your thinking. What would it take for you to begin to believe that everything is working out for you? I'll tell you what it would take. It would take your brain practicing that thought until you actually believe it the same way you believe anything. The tricky thing is when you first try to believe something new, your brain knows you're trying to trick it. It wants to keep thinking in its old patterned way and it's going to resist the change. So if you say to yourself, everything is always working out for me, Your brain really gets loud and it starts looking for evidence of how this new thought is not true at all. That's what your brain is designed to do. It's designed to scan the horizon for threats. And new ways of thinking are threats. They do not feel safe to us. Your brain is not an enemy though. It's actually just trying to protect you. So when you're trying on a new thought, You're going to want to become very gentle and very compassionate with yourself and with your brain. And you say to yourself, it's okay. That's just what my brain likes to do. Or you tell your brain, thank you so much for trying to protect me. But it's okay, we're going to try something new. What I noticed my brain likes to do is relive old stories. Don't we all love to relive old stories? In an interview with the author of The Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz said, Your life doesn't change. What actually changes is the story about your life. Whatever you perceive, you always make a story with yourself as the main character, and that's what dictates your life. Then, when you read The Four Agreements, you hear another voice beneath the story. The voice that comes from your integrity and your spirit. And by hearing that voice, you know how good and how great you actually are. Most of the time, the voice of the spirit is silent and the voice of the internal storyteller is very loud. That was all what Don Miguel Ruiz said. Another of my favorite teachers, though, Eckhart Tolle, also talks at great length about the storyteller within, and he calls this storyteller the ego. The ego always identifies with the story. 
Eckhart tells this little tale that I love from A New Earth. I want to share it with you. He says, when two ducks get into a fight, it never lasts very long. They soon separate and fly off in different directions. And then each duck will flap its wings vigorously several times, releasing the surplus of energy that built up in them during the fight. After they flap their wings, they fly on peacefully as if nothing ever happened. But if the duck had a human mind, the scene would go very differently. The duck may fly away peacefully for a moment, but he would not put the fight behind him. He would keep that fight alive in his mind by thinking and storytelling. And the duck's story would probably go something like this. I can't believe what he just did. He came within five inches of me. He has no consideration for my private space. He thinks he owns this pond. I will never trust him again. I know he's already plotting something else to annoy me, but I'm not going to stand for it. I'm going to teach him a lesson he will never forget. And in this way, the duck's mind spins a tale, still thinking and talking about it days, months, even years later. He may never see his adversary again, but that doesn't matter. The single incident has left its impression, and now the story has a life of its own deep within the duck's mind. So, to illustrate my point, I'm going to tell you a little tale from my own life. And this is a small matter, and it happened a long time ago. Someone called me a liar. And, ooh, I did not like this. We can say it was my brain, we can say it was my ego, but everything in me reared up and revolted against this accusation. The funny thing is, I actually was lying, but I hated being called a liar. So here's what happened. I was at my book club, and this was about like 16 to 18 years ago, I'm not sure. But I was telling them all a story about how I'd gotten myself into this little predicament. I went to a Sonic and I ordered myself a strawberry limeade. And when the car hop brought the drink to my car, she said, you know, we have 50 cent refills on that until four o'clock. And I said, no way. And she said, yeah. So I was like, awesome. I drove over to the Walmart on the other side of town and there was a Sonic right next door. So I rolled up to an ordering station and I asked for a 50 cent refill. And there was a long pause from the attendant and they said, um, ma'am, we don't remember you ordering a drink here today. And suddenly it clicked for me that I had to get the refill from the same Sonic where I bought the original drink. But instead of just admitting my mistake, I just doubled down and told him that I went through the drive-through earlier, and then I ran some errands, and now I'm back. And this was a total lie. And this story made one of the ladies in my book club really uncomfortable with me. And she confronted me at some point in the future and told me she didn't trust me anymore. And she also said a lot of other things in that conversation, even including that it was my personality she didn't like, which was a big ouch. But... It was true that I'd lied, and I didn't want to see myself as a liar. I never thought of myself as a dishonest person. But at that time in my life, I was using the occasional white lie to keep myself out of trouble or avoid embarrassment. 
So in actuality, it was true what she was saying about me. And she had reason not to trust me. But the story I told myself, the stories that grew inside my own head, gained momentum like a wildfire. I am not a liar. She's saying things about me that are not true. She's probably already told our whole book club about this. Now it's just going to be awkward. I should quit book club. Nobody there likes me anyway. I always have the feeling like I've said something wrong. But I don't want them to think I'm a liar. Why is she so mean? Why is she attacking me? Am I actually a liar? Am I a bad person? Maybe I'm lying to myself. Why does drama just follow me everywhere? I'm always trying to do the right thing and then I mess up. I just mess everything up. On and on my brain created stories and this small thing grew into a really big thing. And I started telling everyone about it. Each time I told the story, I was like a defendant on trial just trying to prove my innocence. The very bare bones truth about this situation is... I lied. I was caught in an innocent mistake and I lied to get myself out of it. And then I told that story at my book club. And this lady had some opinions about me because of my story. What I've learned through life coaching is how to separate the actual facts from my story about it. My story sort of had me trapped in this cycle of if I believe what she says about me, then I'm actually a liar and I'm a bad person. Well, first of all, I was a liar, but that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Secondly, what I was not quite mature enough to understand at that time in my life was this was her opinion and she's entitled to her opinion. But her opinion doesn't have to become a story that I believe about myself. And I don't have to lie to myself either. I had no capacity to talk myself down from this defensive, high-anxiety, victim, angry mentality. In fact, it seemed like I only had two options. I either was a victim or I had to beat myself up for it. I really had no ability to allow someone in the world to just not like me very much. I needed everyone to like me, and if they didn't, It was a real problem for me. And now, if I'm being 100% honest, I still really don't like it if somebody else doesn't like me. But also 100% honest is, I don't like everyone. That's reality, isn't it? We don't like everyone, and every single one can't possibly like us. So what would it be to let that go? What relief would be available if I were able to let go of this need to justify myself? What would have been different if I could have just allowed her to have that opinion about me? I know one thing. I wasted a lot of time and a lot of mental energy on this. I also made assumptions about what the other ladies in my book club thought of me, and I later found out that none of that was true. I suffered a great deal. And all of my suffering was just my story. Many hours, many days, many months of suffering. 
What's also so enlightening about this experience is that it grew my capacity to release this need for everyone to like me. And it was the beginning of this everybody has to like me thing shaking loose. But it would be many, many more repetitive experiences before I learned the big lesson that we can't all be liked or loved by everyone and that's okay. It would take a lot of experience for my brain to get it that, oh, other people think their own thoughts. Other people have their own opinions. Not everyone is going to think like me and I'm never going to be able to think like everyone else. So how do we learn to stay in our own lane? How do we begin to think what we want to think about ourselves and not allow another person's opinion to just just to derail us? Well, what's been working for me is that sentence, what would it be like not to think about this anymore? Or what would it be like to just let that go? When I think these thoughts, it always feels like a big exhale in my body. I always feel myself really relax. I feel that inner peace that I'm seeking. I feel the harmony of the orchestra. And then I ask myself, what would you rather be thinking? And I keep a nice list of better things to think about in my phone. Nothing has gone wrong here. The past is perfect. My only purpose is to live the life I'm living right now. Suffering is not required, but I have learned a lot from it. What other people think is about them. Everything is just as it should be. No one else causes emotions inside of me. I'm responsible for everything I think and feel. Or sometimes I don't want to think these scripted thoughts. I just want to think about flowers in my flower bed, or clouds in the sky, or dinner, or my kids. There are millions of other things that I'd rather be thinking about. But when there's a bit of drama in my life, my brain is going to chew on it like a dog on a bone. And just like we know what to do when a dog is chewing our shoes, we give it something else to chew on. So what would you rather be thinking about? You don't have to beat yourself up for mistakes you've made. You can be very gentle and very loving and kind with yourself as you notice, oh, this is just what my brain likes to do. I've been worried about what other people think of me my whole life. Of course, this is going to be a hard habit to break. But now that I've retrained my brain to let all that go, oh man. I just can't tell you the freedom I feel. The peace inside of me is so delicious. It feels like I'm in harmony, inside of the harmony. It feels like I can be fully alive and fully present and fully at peace. I hope this is helpful to you, sweet sunshine. I love you. If you would like to work with me one-on-one, this is the fastest way to reconnect with the great joy available to you in your own life. We will dive deep into exactly what you want most to focus on so you can understand your own brain, how it works, and what specifically you can do to create the joyful life of your dreams. 
If group work is more your speed, I have a group program called Joie de Vivre, which means joy of life. This program is only $97 a month, and we have weekly group coaching calls, one group for moms and one group for young women. There are resources inside the program that you can consume at your own pace. This is a great resource. You can find everything you need on giagidry.com and please follow me on Instagram and TikTok. Love you, sunshine.